It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, here we go on a Fat Tuesday. It is KT back in the catbird seat. Great job last night, Jose Volante, producer Mark Hoke. Got you all rolling on that Monday. Football doubleheader, KT had to take in both those games. You know, once they move that Bills game to Monday, it's going to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be kind of trying to look at the games and, and try and do a sports show. Just got to make sure I get everything under the belt there as far as the NFL playoffs. And we'll get to it. Buffalo with a nice win against Pittsburgh yesterday. Win it by 14. Mike Tomlin will be back. We'll get to all of that. NFL headlines, college football headlines. Got a lot going on. But Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays right here. PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Panache, Boyle, Rabaputi, the best in personal injury for a long time in SoCal. Year number five now here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSBR Law. You can go to PSBRlaw.com. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future so for the best in personal injury jot that number down you know the 702 for vegas 830-9353-830-9353-830-9353 panish shea boyle and ravaputi psbrlaw.com all right great show in store for you mark hoke of course will be spinning the hits and running the show and uh, mark of course host of the mark hoke show sunday mornings 8 a.m to 10 a.m right here on kdom 101.5 fm and, of course, streaming live on that Odyssey app. If you haven't downloaded the free app, you know where to go. Right there, Google Play, iTunes, you can go right there. It is a free worldwide app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You miss any part of the show, they've got a great rewind feature. You can go back, just search SportsX Radio Ken Thompson, click on that, and you can listen back to the show in its entirety. Same thing with the Mark Hoke Show or any of the other great shows on the Odyssey app. Also... Got a lot of stuff going on right here in the Vegas Valley, UNLV, men's and women's, VGK, and got a special guest in studio, Chris Golick, going to be here. This man knows hockey inside out, and those of you that follow the Vegas Golden Knights probably know a little bit more than I do about Chris, but we're going to have him as a regular on SportsX Radio throughout the rest of the season, so I want to make sure that we get him acquainted with the SportsX Radio audience, so let's get the show rolling. Now, the starting five, number one. All right, we're going to go right to it. We've got plenty of NFL headlines. Now, no word yet from Silver and Black State camp. Will Antonio Pierce be the guy? Will Champ Kelly be the GM? We do not know as of yet. But I'm feeling more and more positive as time goes by that I think the Raiders are going to keep that duo intact. We'll wait and see. We'll find out. We know Jim Harbaugh met with the L.A. Chargers. We know that Belichick met with the Atlanta Falcons. We don't much care about those deals. What we care about is Antonio Pierce, a true Raider through and through, grew up in Compton, Raider fan all his life, and showed that he can win on the field. Five and four in his nine-game tenure. I think the Raiders are going to make the right move. I'm trusting in Mark Davis. I know a lot of you out there. I've seen all the tweets and uh, stuff, and I follow along, and I concur on a lot of it, but I think this uh, time he's going to get it right and uh, make Antonio Pierce the full-time head coach. And we're going to keep Max Crosby, double X, around for a while. Devontae Adams going to uh, get that offense rolling. And I think with a full season, 
I really think this Raider team will have the city of Las Vegas and the state of Nevada truly as the silver and black state. Number two. Let's go right to college football. Lots of news in college football. And uh, we'll start right with Arizona. Arizona, of course, the Wildcats, they lost their guy, Jed Fish. Where did he go? Went up northwest, took over for Kalen DeBoer, Washington Huskies. Good move there. So instead of going to the Big 12, Jed Fish, he now is heading to the Big 10 because, of course, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, all heading to the Big 10. But who's going to take over at Arizona down there in Tucson? Well, my good pal Brian Jeffries, the voice of the Cats, he's going to be happy because it is Brent Brennan. Brent Brennan, of course, San Jose State's guy. And if you can win at San Jose State with the budget they put into football, you can probably win just about anywhere. Now, you've heard my good pal Roxy Bernstein come on the show for years. Roxy, of course, one of the better play-by-play guys. College football, college basketball, does Sunday night baseball for ESPN, Pac-12 networks, of course, going away after this season. But uh, Roxy, very versatile. And he grew up with Brent Brennan. They grew up childhood friends. They've known each other since they're seven years old. I got a call into Arizona. We're going to try and get the new head coach of the Arizona Wildcats on the show real soon. So uh, stay tuned. But Brent Brennan is the new head honcho there for the Arizona Wildcats. Also, USC, they hired the Rams defensive line coach, Eric Henderson, as a co-defensive coordinator. South Alabama's head coach, Kane Womack, he is joining Alabama's staff as a co-defensive coordinator. Bad news for Talia Tungavailoa. He was denied as far as having that sixth year of eligibility. So he just put his name in the hat as far as the NFL draft. We'll see if he can indeed make it at the next level. And also, top recruit, quarterback, from Georgia, Julian Lewis. He was scheduled to be in the class of 2026, and he's already committed to USC and Lincoln Riley. He has now said, you know what? I'm going to be able to get all my schoolwork done, and I'll be able to commit for 2025. Still staying with USC, at least at this time. So Lincoln Riley, who did not have a quarterback, committed for 2025. He's got one now, and we'll see what happens. But those are your headlines as far as college football. Number three. All right, let me go to College Hardwood. My good pal, Fran McCaffrey. That's right, Iowa's head honcho. Last night, knocks off Minnesota on the road. And so Fran McCaffrey passes his good friend, Dr. Tom Davis, as the winningest coach now in Iowa Hawkeye men's basketball history. Ben Cricky had 25 points, and Josh Dix actually started for injured Patrick McCaffrey, Fran Mack's son, second son, of course, oldest son graduated last year. But nonetheless, the Hawkeyes went on to an 86-77 win against Minnesota's Golden Gophers. McCaffrey, in his 28th season as head coach, but 14th at Iowa, won his 272nd game as a Hawkeye head honcho. And like I said, passing Dr. Tom Davis. Pretty impressive stuff. Also, Fran McCaffrey, if you remember, coached at Siena. Did a great job with that team, the Saints team. And that's when I had him on the show back in the day. So he's been coming on SportsX Radio for a long time. Remember getting that call from the locker room there after they they had knocked off Vanderbilt in a round of 32 game to make it to the Sweet 16. That was back a while ago when Chuck Edel and I were doing the show. But Fran McCaffrey, winningest coach in Iowa Hawkeye history. Meanwhile, number two Purdue, because they have the new uh, rankings out, but number two Purdue, right? They only got 21st place votes. UConn, Danny Hurley's boys, got 39. But Purdue was in action, and I thought they'd have trouble, more trouble than they did with I, with uh, Indiana over there in Bloomington. But they pulled away. They had a huge lead at halftime of 21. Indiana got that down to nine a couple times. 
but then Purdue pulled away at the end, so they continue to play good, solid basketball. They go to 16-2, and get the W. Got some other games coming up, and I'll get you some scores uh, before we get out of here, but that's a look at some college basketball headlines. Number four, VGK. Now, that's why we have Chris Golick in. We're going to go over a lot of stuff with VGK, also the Pacific Division, also the Central Western Conference, and we're going to maybe touch on the Eastern Conference. Remember, the New York Rangers, the Blue Shirts, coming here to the Fortress on Thursday night. Golden Knights running out of centermen. And what are they going to do? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes it seems like one position gets hit continuously. Doesn't matter what sport. We've seen that. Remember Louisville quarterbacks? I think they went through like five or six quarterbacks. They had wide receivers trying to play. Same thing at Southern Miss a couple years ago. I mean, sometimes one position just gets depleted. Right now, it's the center spot right there for the Golden Knights. So Chris Gallock's here, and he's going to actually, Chris is going to help us uh, weigh in as far as what to look forward to from Vegas and also the other teams in that Pacific. We know Vancouver's playing great hockey of late. And there's some other teams playing pretty good hockey as well. Keep an eye on those Edmonton Oilers with McDavid. Ten in a row. They have reeled off. But it is getting very, very feisty and competitive. And uh, there's no gimme that you're even going to make the postseason this year. Of course, defending Stanley Cup champions. We know Cassidy's a pretty darn good coach. And we know that they're going to do what they have to do to make sure they're at least part of that field. We'll talk with Chris about it. Plenty of NHL headlines. We'll keep you updated on all the NHL games. Of course, the Golden Knights not in action. Like I said, back in action on Thursday against the Rangers. Coming off back-to-back games. But uh, they've got a lot of work to do to try and get this program back on par. And, of course, got a hat-trick from Mark Stone yesterday. 4-1 win at home against Nashville. Much needed. Anytime you can get that W, you'll take it. Especially when you're shorthanded like the Golden Knights are. Number five. And number five, we'll just check in on the two teams right here locally, men's and women's basketball. How about the Lady Rebels? Just continue to win 4-0 now in the Mountain West. That is 28 straight now for Lindy LaRock inside the Mountain West. (laughs) Just unbelievable. This lady just continues to win. They're 14-1. They've got a matinee game tomorrow. High noon over there in San Diego against San Diego State, so we'll keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, the men catastrophic loss on Saturday. I mean, to say they got jobbed, I mean, I just felt Caleb Boone going to initially start to block out and gets called for a blocking foul. And, I mean, unreal. Same time a three-pointer goes down. UNLV's up 86-82 when that happens with 8.9 seconds to go. Next thing you know, a five-point play. Two shots away from the ball. Three-pointer goes down. Two foul shots are good. BG, and then uh, Vegas, uh, UNLV cannot get that last shot to go down, and they lose a heartbreaker. Can they rebound? We'll find out tonight. Where are they? Boise, very tough. They've dropped seven straight to Boise State and Leon Rice. So the uh, running Rebs got their work cut out for themselves. We'll see what head coach Kevin Kruger and the running Rebs can do. And that is a look at your starting five. Let me just update some things before we take our first break, and then we'll come back with Chris. Going to go over some stuff. He's a Chicago guy, so he loves his football as well. And uh, big Bears fan, we've got those playoffs, of course, coming up. I'll get you the updated lines, courtesy of the Westgate Superbook, as far as the eight teams remaining. So four big games coming up, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Let's go to the scores right now and update what's going on on the ice. We'll start it. Uh, actually, let's go to the college basketball. We'll start it first. Purdue pulled away, like I told you, 87-66. to They beat Indiana 
by 21. Again, they had the 21-point lead. It got down to 9, and then at the end, they just kept pulling away. The total was 150.5, and the game hits 153, so it does get over with that late run. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, another team I took a shot on, they were only minus a couple, went up to four. And that's where it closed. Right now, they lead 72-71 in overtime against TCU and Jamie Dixon's team. So we're keeping an eye on a lot of these games. Now, I did have Indiana State. Like I told you, that is a good, solid team, the best in the Missouri Valley. They blew out Missouri State. They were minus 12.5 tonight. They won it by 22, 88-66. Keep an eye on Indiana State. They and Drake, those are two solid teams. But I expect Indiana State, when it's all said and done, to take care of business and win the Missouri Valley. Another good one there in that Southern Conference, Samford and Western Carolina. Those are the two best teams, and Samford went into WCU and won 75-71 today. Xavier also held off Butler. That game got close down to five, but then Xavier pulled away. Musketeers at home in Cincinnati, 85-71. to Get the win and the cover in a game that goes over against Butler. Toledo, 77-66 beat Buffalo, but do not cover inside the Mac. And Richmond came back, beat Duquesne, three-and-a-half-point road dogs. They win it by a score of 63-61. 78-73, Bowling Green beat Miami of Ohio, and uh, that came on the road. So that's Brad Powers' alma mater. Pretty solid squad there, the Falcons. And uh, just moved down a couple other big games. Alabama blows out Missouri. Second half in Tuscaloosa, 93-75. They cover the 15, win it by 18 No problem for an early start. Tennessee in Knoxville. Rick Barnes and the guys take care of Florida, 85-66. NC State right now leads Wake Forest. They trailed this game much throughout in Raleigh. They're minus two. They're up by four. Ten seconds to go, 80-76. I'll keep an eye on that one. Syracuse won at Pitt. Panthers falling apart. Capel can't get a W. Uh, Pittsburgh actually minus six and a half, and they lose it by 11 on their home court. We'll keep an eye on all these games as they roll on through. Seton Hall leads St. John's out of the gate. I have the Hall there in South Orange, New Jersey against St. John's. It's 17 to 14, 625, low scoring game left in the first half. And then we'll keep an eye on some of these Mountain West games. Air Force at Colorado State in Fort Collins, 8 6 Falcons out of the gate, six minutes in. And we told you UNLV will be coming up. Also, BYU in Provo, solid Cougar team. Taking on a very good T.J. Otzelberger-led Iowa State Cyclones team. 16-15, Cougs lead it nine minutes in up there in Provo. The UNLV-Boise State line, Boise State minus 4.5, 139.5. That line has dropped a point and a half, so a lot of money coming in on the Rebs. Fresno State also at home against San Jose State. It is the Bulldogs at home, minus 3.5, 136 your total. And then Utah State, the team that beat UNLV right here at Thomas & Mack on Saturday, they're going to be at the pit in Albuquerque against New Mexico. Right now the Lobos, minus 6, 156. That is a look. At the College Hardwood, we'll come back. We'll get a, get you those hockey scores. And then Chris Golick's going to be with me the rest of the way. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. We are live from PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back. Sportsex Radio back, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, and Mark Hoke spinning the hits, and that is a special dedication to my daughter, Kiara. Kiara, the big 23 today, January 16th, my goodness, how time has flown, and she is a Vegas native, and uh, she is with her friend snowboarding in Flagstaff. Got a lot of snow and uh, having a good time, so... Boy, what it's like to be 23 again. My goodness. Back in the day, KT got in a lot of trouble back there when he was 23. But uh, Kiara, much more reserved and a little more 
uh, wisdom at 23 than the old man had, that's for sure. But uh, happy birthday, Kiara, dedicating SportsX Radio on this Fat Tuesday to you and your friends out there. Have a good time in Flagstaff and KT. Uh, your dad will see you on Thursday when you make it back to the Vegas Valley. All right, on the ice right now, before we introduce Chris Golick, let me just update Washington, a one nothing lead, just a minute 35 to go, third period at home against Anaheim, so you can expect the Ducks to pull that goalie if they haven't already. Colorado, wild game in Ottawa, 5-4, to four, the Lanch lead at 8.45 to go, third period. Rangers just got a goal, late third period, Madison Square Garden cruising over Seattle, 5-2. to two. That goal put the game up and over that total of 6, minute 55 to go, third period for Madison Square Garden. Tied at 1 in Manitoba, 12.25 to go, second period, the Islanders and the Jets. Jets closing a minus 196, the total in that one. Dallas, a 2-1 lead over the L.A. Kings, six minutes to go, Big D, second period. one nothing. Blackhawks after one, lead San Jose. Arizona-Calgary just underway, eight minutes in, in Alberta. No score there. And one nothing. Toronto draws first blood on the red-hot Edmonton Oilers up there in Alberta as well. Ten minutes to go in the first period. And we welcome in Chris Golick. It's spelled G-A-W-L-I-K. Chris, it is great to have you. First time SportsX Radio, we connected, and I told you, I go, Chris, I'm going to get you on, I'm going to get you on, I'm going to get you on, and then finally I said, I'm not even going to call him or text him until I'm getting him on, and then today you said, well, when do you think you can get me on? I said, you know what, today, next week, you let me know, I'll work around your schedule, and you're like, you know, tonight might work out, let me uh, just okay it with the better half. You were able to do that, and appreciate you stopping in studio. Great to see you. Yeah, no, we met, what, back at the Riley Smith charity softball game. That was a good time. Feels like such a long time ago. So much has changed, and here we are today. There you go. Riley Smith, one of my faves, and, of course, uh, off to Pittsburgh, right, after winning a Stanley Cup. That's always kind of weird, right, when a guy wins, he's on part of a championship team, and next thing you know, he's gone, especially when you're an integral part, because Riley Smith, we know the years that he was here, very solid player year in, year out when he was healthy. Yeah, it's unfortunate we're not going to get to see him this Saturday. The Pittsburgh Penguins do come to town. Looks like Smith has a a mid- to long-term injury, so very unfortunate for Golden Knight fans. Not sure if he's going to make the trip or not, so we can uh, possibly enjoy a nice welcome-back tribute for everything he's done, not just for the team on the ice, but from a community perspective. He's just uh, a pillar of um, success and what every, what every uh, athlete in this uh, great city should strive to be. There you go. And, of course, uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, what an incredible season last year, postseason-wise. I'll never forget the first playoff game, Winnipeg. Hmm. And I watched Mark Stone, and I guess he had missed about you know 40 games, 39 games, I think it was. And I think he was trying to take an angle on Dubois or somebody that was that was coming down the – down the wing and I was like oh man he he just doesn't have it I think they rushed him back I I think they just want to get him on the ice but nah this isn't going to be good and I just figured you know what Winnipeg was so solid in that first game I just figured it's 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 done they're they're not going to win another game lo and behold they almost didn't lose another game I mean it was pretty impressive that they were able to come back but I don't want to call it playing possum but when I saw that Mark Stone who, of course, had the hat trick last night right here at the Fortress against Nashville. But when I saw him, I said, oh, man, number 61 just doesn't look like the guy that we came to know and love. I think, you know, again, I think he rushed back. But he became that pillar. And, of course, uh, we remember throughout the playoffs, he was just unbelievable and just a, a wall of granite. We got our consistent play from March or so and some of the guys that have been around with this team. They call them the misfits. There's uh, different guys, and I know you'll weigh in on some of the guys, but Pretty impressive last year, and to see it all come to a head, and the guarantee from the owner, 
Bill Foley said, I'm going to get it done in six years for that to come to fruition. Pretty impressive. What was it like to be part of that, Chris? Well, first thinking about something Foley said, just a great, some we can all take in life and business and anything else, but it's set unrealistic goals, unrealistic expectations and exceed them. Thinking an expansion team is going to win a Stanley Cup in six seasons is a pretty, it's a pretty obscene expectation to say the least, but the Golden Knights found a way to deliver on that promise. And Last year, I got to enjoy it in two ways. Um, I started with the Locked on Vegas Golden Knights doing the podcast thing and everything. And about half the games I was up in the press box, about half the games I was down in the seats enjoying it with my family and my son Christopher most of the time. Through the playoffs, it was just fan mode for me. It was in the playoff, in, in our season ticket seats almost every single game, enjoying the game and just having those amazing moments. I know my family's listening right now, so shout out to Chris, Allie, and Amanda. Hi, guys. Um, but... Just having that moment in particular, witnessing a Stanley Cup with your son, thats you can't replace that moment. No doubt about it. Okay, so let's go back because I always try to make sure, especially if somebody's going to be uh, a part of the show, and I expect to have you on because your knowledge is incredible and your passion for hockey. And once I know you uh, hail from the Windy City area, mm-hmm. I know the sports guys that I know from Chicago. I have probably six or seven great friends and I talked to you, one of them was Frank Harnish. They, they called him Ballpark Frank, but uh, he loved his Blackhawks more than any sport. I mean, he was a Bear guy and, and a Blackhawks guy. Those were the two sports that, and, and he loved his baseball and, and basketball and Jordan and the Bulls and all that great stuff. But at the end of the day, if you gave him two sports, it was a 1-1-A with hockey and NFL football. And I want to say probably hockey would have been first and foremost. He loved the tradition in Chicago, and he loved coming out, and he loved the Golden Knights because he felt like he was part of it, like we all did. It's an expansion team, and here we are in Vegas. And if you call Vegas home, back when the inception of the Knights came down, you kind of felt like you were part of the team because they weren't coming from somewhere else. It was a brand-new team, so it was kind of neat to follow them. And, of course, with the the 1 October shooting and all this stuff that kind of really galvanized Vegas together and the Vegas Valley and the state of Nevada, it was kind of neat. But a little background on yourself, Chris. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Chicago. did grow up uh, a diehard Bears fan. I'm not a diehard Bears fan anymore. It's hard to be a diehard Bears fan as they've let us down for, well, Every day since 1985, 86. But moving on from that, definitely a big, big Blackhawks fan. My my fandom and my support is obviously, and my financial support, more importantly, has transferred over to the Vegas Golden Knights as of late. But uh, we've been in Vegas since 2008, like you said, from the Chicagoland area. Original background was actually running poker rooms up and down uh, the Las Vegas Strip. I uh, was involved with the World Series of Poker a little bit as well, and um yeah, and right now I coach uh, my son's uh, 10U hockey team, the the Young Guns. Shout out if any of them are checking the show out right now, and it's just awesome to be a part of that. And um, that's the short version of a long way of how I got to Vegas. Okay, I was going to say, you know, how <laughs> did you get to Vegas to, to, you know, get into these poker rooms? And, of course, you've got your better half, so she had to be supportive there. And, uh, again, sometimes, you know, women, if they don't understand the – uh, the background of as far as things like sports gaming or poker, things like they, you got to kind of, I mean, the women, they've got to have a lot of trust there to understand that it's not just, you know, because their dads are going to be the first ones like, oh, this guy's involved in gambling or poker or, <laughs> or sports gaming or whatever it is. So if they don't kind of understand where you're coming from and know your knowledge and the reason that you're doing what you do because you feel like you have an advantage 
you know, then it's kind of tough to, uh, you know, to have that as a career and keep your marriage intact. But I'm sure you have uh, somebody that's your partners and stable behind you. And of course, you got your young son and he's rooting for you. And now you, of course, are rooting for him while you coach him as far as hockey. So that passion and that love with a couple of different things. But what about the poker background? Give me a little skinny because my producer, Mark Hoke, big into the poker world, used to do a poker show, and you guys kind of touched on it. I know you ran a couple poker rooms here in Vegas. Yeah, just you mentioned uh, talking about, um, first before we get to them, the better half and everything. I just can't imagine the look on my girlfriend's now wife's look, uh, look on her face when we pulled up. I said, hey, I got this great place for us all picked out when we get settled into Vegas and stuff, and it was budget suites. Um, but it worked out fine for a while. It was a great place for a little while, but I can only imagine what she was thinking. And, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 years, we have two amazing uh, children, Chris and Allie, our little violin player now as well. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, you asked about the poker rooms. Um, pretty pretty wacky story. 2008, um, I had a temporary position with the World Series of Poker just as a poker dealer. I was going to deal for 45 days, and we were going to just see where it Things went from there. Um, got picked up by Bally's after that as a, what's considered a dual-rate supervisor position. Took about a year to work my way up to a full-time supervisor spot. Transferred over to Planet Hollywood after that. Uh, ran the Planet Hollywood poker room from basically 2012 until COVID. And then um, you mentioned the producer. I think we actually have a connection. Uh, he actually dealt poker for me for a little bit uh, during a famous poker series, Goliath. That's my... Uh, my poker tournament baby, if you will, that I got to raise and uh, enjoy for about five or six years on the strip. So a lot of fun. I, I miss that world a little bit, and I, I don't miss that world in some ways, too. Right, in some ways, and then the hours can be taxing. But a lot of guys that get into it as far as either dealing it or running a poker room, they like to play it as well. So a lot of that free time, especially if they're single, can go to where when they're not working it, they're trying to work it, so to speak. Are you an avid player? Are you somebody that enjoys uh, you know, still getting maybe into tournaments? Are you a hold'em player? What's your fig? I come out of retirement maybe once or twice a year. Usually around my dad's birthday, we'll take a trip, play a poker tournament. Uh, sometimes I'll get out every now and then, but not too often. It's you know I enjoy the game, but my fire and passion from the playing side that probably burnt out the moment I got into the industry in 2008. You just have to look at things a lot differently. And then obviously as an, as an operator, you're so encompassed in that side of it. But I will say I did enjoy uh, last year, I played a couple World Series of Poker events and I did really enjoy it. And that was the first time I actually enjoyed poker in a really long time. But I don't wake up in the morning thinking, am I going to go play 1-2 at Red Rock or go play 2-5 at Bellagio or go grind a mixed game tournament at the Orleans. So those days are behind me right now. There you go. Great stuff. Chris Golick, our guest, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, of course, 6 to 8, Monday through Friday, right here on KDON, and, of course, streaming live worldwide on the Odyssey app. Going to talk some Golden Knights, and right now I mentioned uh, the center position. My goodness, I mean, like a mash unit. Chris, what is going on? Because we know Eichel, uh, I believe, surgery today, and, uh, you know, uh, Carlson out. I mean, this is not good. And somehow, some way, the guys are going to have to stem the tide until we get healthy and get some more bodies back in the lineup. Yeah, this is far from an ideal circumstance. And I commented comments the other day on Twitter that two thousand, or excuse me, the season number five felt like a cakewalk as far as what's happening right now with injuries to this team. Missing the top two center play center positions is just catastrophic. You. Added in Shea Theodore with that. You have Aiden Hill gone. 
long term. There's just such a mystery happening. And then complimentary players are also gone. Players like Ben Hutton, William Carrier, or Carrier, as Coach Cassidy always refers to him as. So it's just very unfortunate what's happening because we got a glimpse of how good this team can be the season after winning a Stanley Cup. For the first 20, 25, 30 games, this is and was a Stanley Cup contending team. Now, there's many questions. Will they even make the playoffs? And they're somewhat comfortably in the playoffs today. They have about a seven or eight point buffer. But Edmonton and Seattle right behind them, before tonight's game started, it looks like Seattle might lose, but Edmonton and Seattle were a collective 19-1. and one. That's fifth and fourth place in the Pacific Division coming up to uh, chase down the Golden Knights potentially who are not in form or they're not in stride right now by any means. Seattle does lose to the Rangers 5-2 the final. Colorado looking like they're going to get a W in Ottawa up 6-4, 4.45 to go in the final from Washington. The Caps add an empty netter 2-0. They skate past Anaheim 2-1 now. Winnipeg's grabbed a lead on the Islanders 4.25 to go second period. Dallas still that 2-1 lead over the Kings after 2 and they've got back underway. Second period, Chicago up one nothing on San Jose. No score still. Arizona, Calgary down to five minutes to go. First period, still one nothing. Leafs in Edmonton, three twenty five to go. First period, rounding out the NHL scoreboard. And it is always fun to pay attention to those scores. And uh, you know, don't have to do any scoreboard watching. But some of the teams are going to have to uh, as we get down to that final week of the season, Chris. Because when I look at the amount of teams that are bunched up, and you talk about parity in different sports. I mean, you're going to get it here with the wins, losses, and then those overtime losses where you're still going to gain a point. I mean, it is interesting now, and sometimes people will look and they'll go, oh, we're, we're great. We're six points ahead of the L.A. Kings, and you don't realize four games in hand. That means you've played four more games than the L.A. Kings, so they could pick up eight points if they got two points per game. So you've got to always pay attention to that. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like a, a lot more parity and a lot of credit to Edmonton because they were one of the teams that everybody was looking at. Of course, Dreisaitl and McDavid, that one-two combination. And going into the season, you know, they were one of those teams. People are like, oh, that, that team's a shoe in for the playoffs. They're going to be solid. They're going to compete with the Golden Knights to, you know, Western Conference. They're going to be one of those teams. And they got off to a miserable start. And up there where hockey is basically it. You know, in Edmonton, I mean, that's it. Sure, they have the uh, the Elks now, they call them, but they were the Eskimos for a long time. Great Cup uh, many times with Warren Moon back in the day, but it's all about hockey there. And uh, they just got off to a lousy start. They made a coaching change, and it has worked out. And coming into tonight, again, a 10-game winning streak, but this team has played incredible hockey, and all of a sudden you look up in the Pacific, and there they are right on the Golden Knights' heels. Jay Woodcroft um, had to go, and that's, I think, a big part of what's happening right there. Jay Woodcroft's AHL background and everything basically got a turnkey franchise with having players like McDavid and Dreisaitl, plus a lot of good complementary players as well, and just seemed unable to get that team to the next level. Now you have a coaching change, a culture change, and... They're playing defense, and they have good goaltending now. That's why I said last season when the Edmonton Oilers had a run basically as good as the Golden Knights run down the stretch, if the Oilers can find a way to have goaltending and defense, there's no stopping them. End of story. And I'll double down on that statement this year. If their goaltending and statement, or excuse me, if their goaltending and defense keeps doing what they're doing right now, they will be the team hoisting the cup come, the mid, come early to mid-June, however the season ends up shaking out. 
Now the Golden Knights hopefully will have something to say about that as time goes on, but it's not going to matter if the Golden Knights can't get healthy. There you go. Stuart Skinner doing a good job. Calvin Pickard also there for the Oilers in between the pipes. We're going to stay with the Pacific and the Western Conference when we come back. SportsX Radio, we'll talk some NFL football, get you the updated lines courtesy of Westgate Superbook. But uh, really want to focus in on the NHL, get everybody caught up on what's going on, and of course, understanding why the Golden Knights have had some problems over the last several weeks. It's not just that they're playing bad hockey. It's just that they've been depleted at that center ice position. And also, uh, they have not been playing the greatest. The chemistry, uh, it's hard when you have injuries and guys just not in the lineup consistently. So we'll talk more with Chris about that and how Vegas is going to be able to overcome that to have an opportunity to get to the postseason and try to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. We'll do that when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app live. PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Mark Hoke running the show. Don't forget that Mark Hoke show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. We're both on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It is free. It is worldwide. We are live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Right, we are back on a Fat Tuesday. Little Mississippi Queen Mark Hoke's been in the hits on a Tuesday night. Chris Golick, uh, Chris Golick, uh, again, G-A-W-L-I-K. Chris is in studio. And a couple different things. Vegas Hockey Now, that's where you can read Chris's articles. And then the podcast, Chris? Uh, the podcast is Locked On VGK, Locked On Vegas Gold Knights with myself and uh, the almighty Tony Cordasco. And, of course, we know Tony Cordasco. <laughs> Tony's... Unbelievable. I you mean, admit this to this? Guy, this guy, <laughs> I'm telling that t- TC has uh, an incredible sports mind. He's one of those guys, but all different sports. I mean, you can find him. I mean, it doesn't matter what you go to. Somehow, if you're at some media thing, Cordasco is going to be there. <laughs> You'll just see him. You're like, God, I didn't even know. But this, this guy is on it, too. And uh, that's a probably an outstanding podcast. I have not listened to it, but I want to take it in. So how do we get to that podcast? Uh, YouTube, if you want to watch our shenanigans, or anywhere you get your podcasts, if you want to listen to our shenanigans. And then a special shout-out, we actually do a Saturday show, but it's myself and uh, my son, Christopher Golick. So my nine-year-old kid is uh, rocking the podcast with me on Saturday mornings. I love that because Hondo Carpenter, of course, Sports Illustrated, that uh, is guy that does a podcast for the Raiders, he does a secondary one with his son. Oh. Now, his son's only 18 months, but old death. <laughs> Well, Dexter is the back. He's the backbone of the whole operation, for the love of God. So, uh, how much uh, how much time does Son Chris give you? I mean, does, I mean, is he running the show, and you're just kind of getting a word in edgewise? Maybe you know, it's probably about seventy thirty me. But he drops some amazing nuggets every now and then, just from perspectives of the game. And then I was trying to lead him down a path when the Golden Knights were struggling two weeks ago, struggling since obviously. And I said, Chris, there's one thing up in the rafters that makes me feel like everything is going to get better. They're going to figure this thing out. So I, I was trying to get him to say the Stanley Cup banner. Instead, little dude gets up, goes off the camera. I mean, not the best thing for a, for a YouTube thing, but gets off, leaves me. Like, dude, what are you doing? He grabs this big old Stanley Cup that Santa brought him, pops it right down like a mic drop, and says, this is why everything's going to be okay. I'm like, okay, that's good. There you go. I love <laughs> it. Yes, a, a kid's perspective sometimes will bring out things that you as a veteran – weren't even thinking about. It's kind of neat to get 
a different perspective. And then, of course, thinking back, you know, Chicago Bill, who's a regular listener, has been listening to the show for a long time, but he's older, you know, he's pushing 80. And so I'll get stuff from him, you know, back in the days when he was growing up. And of course, not everything's at the ready right now, like a podcast or a YouTube channel or even computers back in the day. It was like having that little transistor radio and sneaking it into your bed so you can listen to a night game, you know, kind of <laughs> crazy. But that's the way you did it back in the day. And the cool thing was when your team went on the road, right? Most of the times you're like, oh, I can't wait for the team to go home. Well, the old man's not taking you to too many games because it was pricey. And, you know, back then you're trying to make ends meet and whatnot. But you did have that little transistor. And when the team went on the road, you can listen to some of those late games. Me growing up in Jersey, I'd love it when it was like a West Coast game, and then I'd stay up. And when the Mets were playing the Dodgers, that game would start at 1030. So I'd be like, everybody's sleeping, and I'm listening to the Mets-Dodgers game. Of course, hurting the next day at school a little bit, but still fired up. And of course, when the teams were on the road, that's when you were able to watch them on TV because the home games were always blacked out back in the day. So didn't have the luxury of having everything at the ready or even on your phone, which, uh, you know, you have that ESPN Plus, you can watch every hockey game. I mean, it's a lot of fun to be able to have all that great stuff. But uh, Chris Golick, our guest, and we're talking Vegas Golden Knights and uh, a team that's been hurting. Last year, they were hurting Chris, not from the centerman position, but really in between the pipes. And pretty amazing to win a Stanley Cup when you have all these moving parts it was kind of like musical chairs basically who's going to be sitting in between the pipes and you know Robin Leonard was supposed to be the guy and then a catastrophic injury and next thing he's down and don't know you know if Logan Thompson's going to even be the guy and then Brassois and next thing you know Aiden Hill saves the day I mean how crazy was that covering a team that ends up winning the Stanley Cup but goes through goaltenders like water it's a remarkable story when you look back um the biggest thing is you mentioned Brossois. The Golden Knights don't have a Brossois this year. Their version of this year's version of Brossois is Yuri Patera, who is injured with an undisclosed injury all of a sudden. So now they have an ECHL goalie in Isaiah Seville back there, who's the next man behind Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson just a few weeks ago suffers what looks like an injury. And they almost had to go to the emergency goalie. Like, they were so, 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 so close to that happening. So the goaltending issues, trouble this year, a lot of trouble last year. But the saving grace is, since Bruce Cassidy has been in Vegas, the Golden Knights have a very goaltender-friendly system. They try and limit those stretch passes across the ice that produce the odd man rushes. And it's almost a little conservative from the defensive side, but obviously it works because that's Stanley Cup we talked about a little while ago. And if there's one fortunate thing this season, the Golden Knights are only down one of their defensive core. Now, Shea Theodore is a very important member of the Golden Knights defense, the best uh, puck rusher they have back there, can single-handedly run a breakout. So, yes, it's awful that Theodore is out, but there's still five-sixths of the defensive core intact, which is hopefully what's going to keep this team afloat until some of these players come back. All right, so right now, Vegas Golden Knights have played 44 games, same amount as first place Vancouver, and a young Vancouver Canucks team, and the Golden Knights went up to British Columbia and got a statement game, but Vancouver, you and I were talking off the air, has played very, very well since then. 
This Canucks team 7-2-1 in their last 10. And when I say that, folks, it's seven wins, two losses, and one overtime loss. You still get a point for that. But when you look at this Canucks team 29-11-4 with those four overtime losses, 62 points, seven points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. The Kings then with 50 points, five points behind the Golden Knights, but they've played four less games. So uh, they've got four games in hand there. And then Edmonton, surprisingly, has even played one less game than the L.A. Kings. They're in action tonight, but they've played 39 games, and they have 47 points. Same amount of points as the Kraken. Kraken got beat tonight in their 43rd game, losing at Madison Square Garden to the Rangers, and then Calgary, two points behind Seattle. So all these teams are bunched up there, and it just depends how many games they've played. When they've when it's all said and done, if they've all played 44 games, the same amount of games, it's probably going to be even closer and more of a logjam. But talk to me real quick. we got a couple minutes about this young Vancouver Canucks team, because this team is a lot of fun to watch, and Demko, pretty solid in between the pipes, and DeSmith as well. So they've got a couple good goaltenders. And as far as young guys, as far as putting you know pucks in the net, well, we know all about J.T. Miller. This guy has been outstanding. And uh, Pedersen, I mean, they've got players big time. Talk to me a little bit about Vancouver. I think the biggest thing about the Canucks right now is for three, four seasons, it really felt like the Canucks were, are they that team that's going to make that jump to become a playoff contender, Stanley Cup contending type team, or are they going to blow the whole thing up and rebuild? And it felt like they were stuck in between, which is probably the worst place anyone can possibly be in sports, right? Your team's either going to be a contender or they're going to be in a rebuild. If you're stuck in between, you're you know a franchise that's always on the outside looking in the playoffs and stuff. So to see them take that next step, their health is you know held together pretty well. They're up eight or six points right now on the Golden Knights. So it looks like Vancouver's going to be there until the end. And you mentioned Demko. You mentioned Pedersen. Quinn Hughes, um, 11, 11 goals, 41 assists, 52 points for Quinn Hughes right now. And that just reminds us in, in Vegas how dear how dearly Shea Theodore is missed. Even watching the game last night, watching Roman Yossi, a very mobile defenseman, not having Shea Theodore to do what Roman Yossi and Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr do, just really reminds us how much the Vegas Golden Knights miss Shea Theodore. Yeah, no doubt. And we remember the Sedin brothers. I mean, for <laughs> years there, it just seemed like those guys would play till they're 50. Uh, both outstanding and both a lot of fun to watch. But that, for Vancouver, was really all they had to, to watch. And I remember back in the day, I mean, being grown up a Rangers fan, the only cup they got in 1994, thank God for Messier, uh, was, of course, against Vancouver and Pavel Bure. And, and uh, all I know is that last 56 seconds took about 56 <laughs> hours as a Ranger fan, but they did get it done. Sportex Radio, uh, we will come back, hour number two, with Chris Golick, and we're going to keep things rolling. I will touch on those NFL playoffs, get Chris's take as far as the four games coming up. And again, a big Bears fan, want to get his take as far as what he thinks with Justin Fields. Do the Bears keep him? They have that number one overall pick, or do they go after somebody like a Caleb Williams? Or maybe they just try to get some skill position players for Justin Fields, which is what KT said they should do. But we'll wait and see because I'm seeing mixed reviews from a lot of people in the Windy City. So we'll get that take there. We're rocking and rolling here. Hour number one about in the books. Let me update just a couple things on the college hardwood. And I'll keep track of those NHL games. I'll get you the NBA scores as well. Uh, But there are some games that are winding down. NC State did get that win in the cover against Wake Forest in Raleigh, 83-76. And how about 
at the half, 27-24 Air Force. Low-scoring game, but they lead in Fort Collins against Air Force. I mean against uh, Colorado State. So Air Force up by three, 27-24. Penn State, Mark Hoke, a happy camper, up four on Wisconsin at the half, 39-35. Happy Valley. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Don. Coming right back, hour number two. Keep it right here. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT back, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, hour number two on a fat Tuesday. Over $5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. Panache, Boyle, Rabaputi, PSBRlaw.com. Long time in SoCal, year number five here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. Brian Panache, senior partner, a good friend. You got that 702 down for Vegas. Jot the number down. You may not need it now. May need it in the future for the best in personal injury. 830-9353. 830-9353. 9353. Ken Thompson, Chris Gallick. Going to get back with Chris in just a sec. Going to talk some more hockey. Also get into the uh, lines for the NFL playoff games. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday coming up. And also want to get, just in case uh, demographically, you are between the ages of 40 and 72 or you're coming into the Vegas Valley and you are and you want to find out how your interior organs are doing. Well, you're pretty privy because we here in the Vegas Valley are fortunate that Dr. John Pearson Company, the Preventative Diagnostic Center, is right here in our backyard. Preventative Diagnostic Center, the only scanner of its kind in the region, gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. PDCenterLV.com is the website. You can go check it out. Give a call now. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson Sports X Radio sent you. Again, you got that 702 down for Vegas, 534 Comfortable scan. Takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. And here's the great deal. Heart CT scan and calcium score. It is unreal. It's a $600 value. It's $125. Your significant other, absolutely free. So a $1,200 value. Guys, don't get blindsided by that widow maker. One heart attack could knock you out. You could be done. So find out if those arteries are clogging up. And women, of course, number one killer of women year in, year out in the United States is heart disease. So please take advantage of that special 534-7900. Again, pdcenterlv.com. Dr. John Pierce got a great crew, and they will take good care of you. All right, real quick on the scoreboard before we get back with Chris. Uh, just three games in the NBA. One game coming up, Thunder at L.A. against the Clippers. Clips minus six total, 239.5. The other two games are going. Actually, one has gone final. The Hoaxers Sixers took care of business against the defending champion, Denver Nuggets, 126 to 121. So they cover the two points, and the game flies over the total of 233. Hits 247, 126, 121. Sixers at home. Meanwhile, the Kings blasting the Suns right now. Almost halftime, up by 15. Sacramento, 64 49. Leads at Phoenix. 
120 to go before that first half. Phoenix closing as a four and a half point home favorite, 244 and a half, a very high total. Move on down. Gave you a bunch of scores as far as the uh, college basketball, but Cincinnati able to get the win and the cover in overtime against TCU. Now, some people, if you bet it late, you may have pushed at the Westgate Superbook because the line closed at four. Cincinnati in overtime beat TCU 81-77. When I gave it out yesterday, it was very low. I think it was one and a half. Cincinnati was favored, and uh, they get the win and the cover. Like I said, worst-case scenario, you could have pushed on that one. Game's rolling right now. You got an overtime game with Rice at home. And Charlotte, 75-73. Rice leads with 217 left in OT. Rice led that game 14-0 out of the gate. But Charlotte closed, and they are in OT. Dayton leads St. Louis 70-65, to just five seconds to go. They're not going to cover the 11.5, but they're going to beat the Billikens in a game that should stay under the total. SMU has beaten Temple 77-64. They were minus 13. They win it by 13 against the Owls in a game that does get over that total. Barely 139.5 hits 141, 77-64. Mustangs win it at home. Baylor and Kansas State, they're in overtime as well. They just started overtime. Very low-scoring game from the little apple manhattan tied at 54 baylor k-state a good one in the big 12 seton hall cruising right now over st john's 54 to 29 the hall up big in jersey st john's closing patino's boys as a one time a one point road favorite 145 and a half that game right now sitting at 83 but 54 29 seton hall up on top now make it 56 29 up by 27 big ones air force 36 31 still on top at fort collins over colorado state 14 53 to go second half Penn State up 41-37 at home, 18 minutes to go. Second half, Clemson only up two on Georgia Tech, laying 11.5, 17.40 to go from Little John, 36-34. That's early on, and BYU up four in Provo. Second half, just a minute 15 in against Iowa State, laying four in that game. I'm on BYU. We'll see if they can indeed get the cover. UNLV just tipping off with Boise State. Again, Boise State closing as a five-point home favorite, 139.5. They've beaten the Rebs seven straight times. We'll see if UNLV can come back off that devastating loss at home to Utah State from Saturday. And again, Utah State, New Mexico, the only game yet to tip off. Lobo's favorite six in Albuquerque total is 156. On the ice, 3-1 to one. Winnipeg after two now lead the Islanders. That game was tied at one. Also 3-1 Dallas third period, 13-30 to go lead the L.A. Kings. One nothing still Chicago, 2.30 just left in the second period there. After one, no score, Arizona, Calgary, and Toronto still that one nothing lead four minutes in to the second period. In Alberta, Rangers 5-2 beat Seattle. It was Colorado 7-4 over Ottawa on the road, and Washington a 2 nothing shutout of the Anaheim Ducks. A look at the NHL. Chris, let's get back to uh, talking Pacific Division, but before we do that, let's stay in the Western Conference Uh Actually, uh, let's go over and uh, talk a little bit about Marc-Andre Fleury because a former Golden Knight and part of the expansion team and the Flower, very beloved here in the Vegas Valley and a lot of disgruntled Knights fans when he indeed was not re-signed and was shipped off and uh, became the second winningest goalie of all times just the other night. And, of course, right behind uh, Patrick Waugh is the uh, the only guy he's behind, right? So, uh, Or he passed Waugh, I'm sorry, right? Is that... I'm trying to remember. He passed. Well, I'm trying to remember who he passed. Uh, no, he's uh, yeah. Pass, he passed Wa, so he's behind only one guy. And I'm wondering Marty Brodeur. Okay. Oh, that's right. Of course, Marty Marty Brodeur, Jersey Devils. How could I forget being a Jersey guy, being a Rangers fan, the uh, Iron Granite there of the Jersey Devils. My brother will remind me because I was old enough that when I was growing up in Jersey that. The Devils weren't even there. They weren't even the expansion team yet. They were the Colorado Rockies back in the day. And then, of course, 
uh, Martin Brodeur. Uh, what an incredible year he's had. And I think 552 for Fleury, but I think 631 for Brodeur. So ways to go uh, for the flower, but pretty impressive. This guy's been around for a long time and had a stellar career there with the Penguins. And we would have loved for him to be part of that Stanley Cup championship team last season right here in Vegas, but still sentimental favorite in a lot of people's hearts. No doubt. I mean, there's no one that has anything negative to say about Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I was fortunate to meet him not long after the Golden Knights' first couple of games. There was this, actually a minute, or a, a putting World Series of World Series of Putting is what it was called. It was behind Bally's and Planet Hollywood back there, that open space. And they let the employees go and check out the events before it actually started. So me and my buddy uh, Mitch were out there doing our thing. And right in front of us, we noticed a camera crew following this group in front of us. And as we're looking, like, wait a minute, that's Marc-Andre Fleury. So I saw one of the PR guys there. And this is before I was even doing anything media-wise. I said, hey, after he's done, can I just get a quick hello picture and move on? So no more than two minutes goes by, and Flurry just comes right up to me and says, hello. I'm like, oh, hi, nice to meet you, and just exchanged pleasantries. I wished him well really quickly, and I thought that was going to be the whole conversation. This was just after he had suffered a concussion after the Red Wings game. It was like the third Golden Knights ish, goal, goaltending issues three games into the first season, but uh, and now. So I asked, asked him, hey, how you doing? How you recovering? And he gave me like a long description of what he was going through and stuff. It still hurts when he skates and stuff, still getting headaches. And we talked for like five or six minutes. Like I felt like I was taking his time by the time we were done, just so gracious and everything. And every interaction I had after that with him was amazing. And um, yeah, obviously he's very missed in Vegas and nice to see his accomplishments. Would have been really good to see him lift the Stanley Cup here in Vegas, but it was the right move at the time, unfortunately. I know Golden Knights fans don't want to hear that, but the reality is it was the right move to move on from Marc-Andre Fleury when they did. Yeah, and they did with uh, also Ryan Reeves, another fan favorite. Me, of course, being a guy that rooted for the Rangers, I was happy to see him. And Gerard Gallant, of course, uh, who was that initial coach for the expansion, Golden Knights, uh, both transitioned to New York. But Ryan Reeves, I even when I saw him at the charity softball game, same one we were talking about, <laughs> Riley Smith competing in, uh, when the Raiders and the Golden Knights go at it, that's always a lot of fun. But Ryan Reeves still comes out for that game. And I told him, I said, man, there was just nothing like those water commercials that he did for the water company. <laughs> it was just incredible checking guys in their garage into the wall and stuff and just great stuff. Hey, keep your water, you know, keep your water off only the, the hours because we're here in the desert. And, and I just love those. And there's certain guys that they do commercials and you're like, that is just great acting. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Some guys you could see they're trying to, you know, do it and they're there because they're a name, but Ryan Reeves was a natural. So you think he's this big tough guy and everything, right? You know, he's a good fighter and everything, but you want to know what he's afraid of? Earthquakes. So I was running a charity poker tournament at Planet Hollywood, uh, one of the Goliath events, and we actually had Ryan Reeves, his beer company, was sponsoring the tournament. He actually brought Jonathan Marchessault out with him, who was amazing as well. He actually did a, a phone conversation with my kids and everything. Just tremendous uh, shout-out to Marchessault for what he did that night. But that was when we had those two earthquakes, like, within about 72 hours in the Valley, if you remember, about, what, five, six years ago now, mm -hmm. four or five years ago. And after the earthquake hit, like, everyone upstairs in the area where the poker tournament was, they were laughing, having fun. Like, it was like, oh, lights are shaking. It's a little earthquake. No big deal. Everyone's drinking. Who cares, right? 
I don't know, maybe 20 minutes later, I see Revo just kind of sitting by himself off to the side. And he's kind of the host of the event. You know, his, his, his beer company sponsoring it, 7-5 Brewing. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? He's like, oh, I don't like earthquakes. We don't get this uh, stuff. He had another word for stuff. But we don't get this stuff up in Winnipeg. I, I don't like this, you know, and everything. But so, yeah, that's that's right. what what scares Ryan Reeves. So bring up the earthquakes. Uh, if you see Ryan Reeves, I'm sure he'll give you a good story about it. All that. right. Well, here's the thing. I lived in Palm Springs. When there was a 7.6, and then a couple of days later, Big Bear, 6.9. Dear God. Yeah. And uh, you talk about, and the, the one was at like 5 in the morning, and you talk about there's nothing you can do. And you're watching the water and the pools. I was at this uh, complex. In fact, a lot of the Angels, because it was the minor league team, Palm Springs Angels were playing there, and they're run, everybody's like running down to their doorway and like under their doorway. But you're watching the waves and the built-in pools just crashing over the sides. And it's a pretty helpless feeling because there's nothing you can do unless you've got a helicopter that's going straight up and you're going to be able to take off. And it was probably a good two and a half, three minutes of rumbling. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And then you're worried about the aftershocks. And, and there were several that were you know, still bigger than the earthquakes that we had here in Vegas that were 5.5 and 5.3. And those are still a decent size. But 7.6, that is absolutely unbelievable. And I've been through a couple of those. And, yeah, so I can relate, Ryan Reeves, and I'm sure if he went through a couple of those, uh, he would definitely have those feelings that he has intensify just a little bit more. Chris uh, talked about Vancouver, good young, solid team. What about this L.A. Kings team? Because I, you know, at the beginning of the year, I looked and I go, ah, this team's not going to be much. And they, of course, get out of the gate and set a record for the most consecutive road wins, uh, breaking a record from just a few a uh, bunch of years back, I think, by Buffalo. But unbelievable. I think they won their first 11 road games to start the season. Yeah, it was definitely a lot like what the Golden Knights were doing last year for a while. The Golden Knights were spectacular on the road and, of course, obviously in the playoffs. Really strange circumstance with the Kings, right? So they trade. They almost pull off like a video game trade. They trade a bunch of their depth to get a superstar, or at least what was supposed to be a superstar in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think he's been centering their third and fourth line a lot as of late, so he's not getting it done. So they have less depth than they had last season. They're calling a lot of players up from Ontario as of late. Uh, Samuel Fahimo most recently, Brant Clark not too long before that. So they lost a lot of their depth. They got a superstar who's not a superstar, but they're still doing pretty well. Now, I think I just looked up their 2-4-4 four, and four in their last 10, two wins, four losses, four overtime losses. So thankfully for the Golden Knights, they've slowed down a little bit. But as we talked about earlier, Edmonton and Seattle are not really slowing down. So you definitely have the the accordion kind of squeezing in the middle, uh, in the second, third, and fourth spots in the in the Pacific Division right now. There you go. And let's stay with Seattle. The Kraken is a team that got off to a miserable start after showing well in the playoffs last year and had that great series with Dallas uh, and just a team that was on the rise, you can feel that they were definitely coming up, and then they got out of the gate like Edmonton very, very slowly, and you're looking and going, wow, maybe this team's not going to be back. Maybe they're just a a one-year playoff wonder as far as giving us a little bit of excitement last year, and uh, lo and behold, like you said, they are 9-1 and in their last 10 going into tonight against the Rangers. They got beat 5-2, to but this is a good, young, solid team, and we saw them dispatch of the Golden Knights 3 nothing in that January 1st outdoor game that we all look at it's the standalone game and they just played a good solid game and were able to get the shutout they got outshot by the golden knights but they they got that shutout it's not how many shots you get it's how many go behind the goalie and get in the back of the net and uh, that was a big win and they have really turned their season around 
And like I said, these teams are bunched up big time. Talk to me about Seattle and the experience that they gained last year with a lot of their roster going, you know, playoff-wise, getting that uh, experience. That could bode well for them going into the postseason this year. For sure. And, and this looks a lot closer to the team that was within two goals of going against the Golden Knights in last year's Western Conference Final. And I just think it's an amazing story how the the 31st and 32nd franchises in the NHL are just amazing. They have these wonderful stories. Obviously, Seattle's path is a little bit different right now. But it, this is still an amazing story by itself that's maybe a little bit overshadowed because of what the Golden Knights did in their first season and how competitive they've been. But Seattle's going to be there in the end, it looks like. I mean, they lost tonight. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 instead of 9-1. and one. That's obviously not a big deal. And as long as the Golden Knights and the Kings keep doing what they're doing, Seattle and Edmonton, they're just going to keep on going up the steps, and it's going to get uh, it's going to get really, really crowded in the next two to three weeks. And of course, between the pipes, you know, when they got the Avalanche goaltender Philip Grubauer, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's that's the guy." I mean, right there for their expansion pick, but it's uh, Decord that's really been the guy, and Grubauer's really struggled for sure, a hundred percent. And that's the fun thing about the goaltender position in the NHL; you never know what goalie is going to do it, whether it's John Sebastian Jaguar carrying the Anaheim Ducks to doing what they do, or uh, Antti Niemi, going back to our Blackhawk, my Blackhawk roots here. You know, these goalies who are relatively unknown, you know, they're they're behind, um, I think Niemi was behind Cristobal Huey that year, who was not very good, we'll say it politely. So that's what's fun about what happens. Logan Thompson was almost that guy here in Vegas, in season five, when Leonard went down and all the injuries happened, Logan Thompson was the last goalie standing. And if it wasn't for Logan's efforts in season five, that season would have been a lot over a lot sooner. Logan had him play in the playoff hunt for one of the last couple of positions all the way until the, basically the 81st game of the season. There you go. All right. So Winnipeg atop the Central and just two points behind Vancouver in the Western Conference. Canucks with 62 points. The Jets have 60 but they have two games in hand on the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, we will indeed keep an eye on their 3-2 to two lead against the Islanders in Manitoba as they try to get even with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. And the Canucks are off tonight, I believe, right? And uh, trying to think Vancouver. I think they're off tonight, but I'm not positive. Let me see. Yes, they are. Okay, so Vancouver is off tonight. So a chance for, uh, indeed, for Winnipeg. To if they can get the win, hold on and beat the Islanders, they would be tied with Vancouver and still have a game in hand. Vancouver playing 44 games. This is Winnipeg's 43rd game, and they have a one-point lead over the Colorado Avalanche, who just finished up their 44th game with a 7-4 victory tonight. Ken Thompson, Chris Golick, going to continue talking some hockey. When we come back, though, we are going to just turn our attention to the NFL. We're going to get you caught up on those playoff lines for those four games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And uh, you know what? We'll get the uh, Chicago Bear fan We'll get his perspective. Why? Because there's two of the teams in his division that are still alive. A lot of folks thought, <laughs> including Mark Hoke, my producer, that two of the teams from the NFC East may be alive. Both of those teams are gone, but two teams from the NFC North are still around. Meanwhile, in the AFC, there's one from every one of the four divisions still alive in the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live from Vegas, PSBR Lost Studios. Ken Thompson, Chris Gallick, producer Mark Oak. We'll be right back. All right, 
uh, we're shaking it up here on a Fat Tuesday, talking some hockey with uh, Chris Golick, and uh, we're going to shake it up right now and talk a little NFL football, some wild playoffs, and some wild results. And I told you, Friday football fiasco, I said there's going to be some upsets. I don't know where, but you know there's always going to be some upsets wild card weekend. So Philly goes down last night. That didn't make Mark Hoke happy, but he uh, he was a realist, and he didn't think that his team was playing well. And, of course, they end up dropping five of their last six, which was a tough way to go out after starting the season at 10-1. and one. So they lose to Tampa. And, of course, Mark Hoke saying, you know, if I could see any type of crazy Super Bowl, I'd like to see Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Well, Cleveland got knocked out by the Houston Texans, but Tampa Bay is still alive. So uh, we'll see, indeed, if they can take it to another level. They'll have to beat Detroit in Detroit. And the Lions, very fortunate that they didn't get called for a holding call or a pass interference on Nakua, uh, that last stop there. But I was rooting for the Lions, and I'm glad for Chris Wynn that they get their first playoff win in 32 (laughs) years there in the Motor City. And uh, Chris, of course, being a Bears guy, I mean... That's one thing, because we, I think, expected the Lions maybe to have a good opportunity, even though there was a chance that their uh, tight end may not play, but he ends up playing and getting the winning touchdown. But they were at home. The other one, inside your division, your nemesis for years and years, of course, Green Bay, but no Aaron Rodgers, so Jordan Love. But he goes down to Dallas and just riddles the Cowboys. That's pretty crazy. I mean, you're an NFC North guy and was the black and blue division we're growing up and whatnot. And uh, to see Jordan Love go in there and just dominate the Cowboys that had won 16 straight home games, that was one that I don't think anybody had. Maybe they, there were some Packer fans that said, yeah, we can win this game. But I don't think anybody thought they were going to win it the way they did and put up 48 points in Big D. You mentioned Chris Wynn. He was definitely doing his victory dance at the Golden Knights game on Tuesday up in the media media area he was uh he was high and mighty that that day definitely the the cowboys i mean this is kind of expected isn't it i mean let's just be real here was it expected for it to go the way it did i don't think that's necessarily accurate but credit jordan love right early in the season what he didn't look anything special no disrespect to an nfl quarterback but he definitely didn't look the part of course everyone's going to compare him to aaron Rodgers and go a little bit farther back brett Favre and stuff but little by little, he's really come on. And kind of like uh, Aaron Rodgers quote a while back about them making the playoffs, you know, relax. Well, maybe Jordan Love did his own version of that. And it's nice to see. I mean, I'm yes, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm not a Packers hater by any means. I think it's a fun rivalry, and it hasn't been much of a rivalry for, I don't know, about the last decade or so because the Bears are doing what the Bears do, and that's make bad decisions in their draft and their trades and in their coaching hires and everything else they do. <laughs> Well, you know what, and that that Bears team, I mean, they played Detroit very tough. They played Green Bay very tough. Probably should have won a couple of those games against those two teams, but again, found ways to lose. But Justin Fields, to me, shows me enough that, especially with a team that still plays outdoors, right, because Detroit and Minnesota, they no longer play outdoors. So it's just Green Bay and Chicago there in that NFC North that still continue to play outdoors and the elements. And so that's why I like Justin Fields, because you're going to have the wind around that Chicago area during the winter, and he can throw it, but he can run it even better. So a dual threat, maybe not going to put up the big passing yardage, but he's got an arm. And we saw it, and it was evident when I went to uh, a game down in Phoenix in Glendale when Ohio State played Clemson in one of those playoff games, and I saw him just flat-footed throw a 60-yard pass. I was like, wow, this kid's got an arm, so he's got the NFL strength. And I said, you know what? Maybe if he can just learn how to fine-tune it, he's going to be all right. Look, they didn't win a ton of games this year, 
But there were several that they gave away and real close to actually making the playoffs. If you uh, take three or four of those games that they potentially could have won, if they get two or three of those, they're they're going to be in the playoffs. I think the uh, writing's on the wall there that if you give him some skill position players, I think Chicago could be a dangerous team. What is your take? Because you have the number one overall pick. Do you forego? You know, staying with Justin Fields, trade him, maybe get another number one pick. I know the Raiders would probably be interested in Justin Fields. Or do you take a shot and keep him? What do you think ownership and management will do? Whatever is going to upset the fan base the most and make the worst possible decision. And that's just what they do in Chicago. Um, Justin Fields is a fine quarterback from from my amateur eye. He's I don't know if he's like that franchise type of quarterback, but he's definitely in the upper half of quarterbacks in the league, if not in the upper 12 quarterbacks in the league. You mentioned the mobility. You mentioned being able to play through the elements, his rushing ability just by itself. I mean, he has the tools that are needed, and it just seems like with the first overall pick, the Bears can do something to help his situation, whether it's on the line, whether it's on the defensive side, whatever they decide to do. They'll they'll probably do the wrong thing because that's what the Bears do every year, but they should do something. I, I don't see what they can gain by, A, drafting what Caleb Williams, I believe. I don't see what the benefit would be to having both quarterbacks there. And I also don't know what the value is going to be from from the rest of the NFL for a quarterback that's now been passed over for someone else. So, you know, it's just it's a weird spot watching the Bears, and you're just kind of set up for failure every year because that's just kind of what they do. But like you did say, they were in so many games, right? Their defense did improve. I think they had a very low number of losses that were 10 points or less. So one possession goes the other way, and all of a sudden two or three more wins. They're in the playoffs, and maybe you're looking at what the Packers are doing saying, hey, that could be us right now. There you go. All right, so we'll see how the Bears play it. Uh, real quick, Chris, let me uh, get your take on these games. The four games coming up, we have two on Saturday. The Houston Texans, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State rookie. I mean, what a job he did in their route at home and taking care of business in a big way against Cleveland. We heard all about that Browns defense, the Browns defense. My goodness, Texans shredded them big time, and they had just played a few weeks ago in Houston, and Cleveland buried them. Of course, C.J. Stroud did not play in that game, but my goodness, the Texans really got it rolling in the second half. Now they're going to take on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. The Ravens are a nine-point home favorite. 43-and-a-half is your total. Lamar Jackson, what I like about him was his demeanor to where they were talking about you know, MVP after he went to Santa Clara and beat the 49ers. And he said, I don't care about the MVP and I don't care about the home field advantage. He says, I've had the home field advantage before and I've lost playoff games. I just want to win playoff games. So he seems focused. He doesn't seem about the me, me stuff. I think he's going to be as focused as we've seen him. And they get Mark Andrews, their tight end back. I think the Ravens will take care of business. I don't know by how many, but I expect them to beat the Texans. I'm not taking anything away from Houston. And again, they're playing with no pressure. And there's something about being a team that has no pressure. You've already exceeded your expectations. And pressure is squarely on the shoulders of Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. But who do you like in that one? I think the Ravens win, but they don't cover. You look at the the American betting public uh, is starting to favor the Houston side at about 63%. So that right there, the American public doesn't usually do too well in these circumstances. Ravens could have a slower game. And credit the Texans. They got nothing to lose right now, so they'll be playing very loose and relaxed. 
And the Ravens, they've, they're they off a week, right? So maybe it could be a little bit of a slow start. C.J. Stroud has found ways to score quickly, and he's got, we talk about that arm of Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud has every bit of that arm, and then someone probably makes better decisions. So Ravens win, cover, I wouldn't put any of my money on them to cover, though. There you go. I still think teams, uh, a lot of people use that seven-point teaser to get the Ravens down under a field goal, could use a six-and-a-half or seven-point teaser uh, and use multiple teams so you're not laying heavy juice. Second game, Packers and Niners. Niners minus nine and a half in Santa Clara, down a half point from the opener, 50 and a half your total. Jordan Love and company again, like the Texans, no pressure on them. They're playing with house money, as we call it here in Vegas. You know that from all your poker days. Mm. Who do you like in this one? Um, Probably the same perspective I had. Again, the the public likes the Packers here, which concerns me by itself. 49ers did have that week off because of the bye. That could lead to a slow start. I don't think this game maybe. I think the Houston-Baltimore game can be close, maybe even come down to a one-possession game. I think the San Francisco-Green Bay game is a little more spread out than that, but maybe a seven, eight-point victory for uh, the 49ers. Don't cover. They get really close. So maybe that's your teaser right there. There you go. All right, so Chris thinking. That could be the way to go with the Niners and Ravens as far as on a teaser. Buccaneers and Lions, early game on Sunday. You know, C. Wynn is listening, always listens to SportsX Radio when I don't have them co-hosting or hosting. Lions minus 6.5, got that win against the Rams. Buccaneers come in. Baker Mayfield looked pretty impressive. I thought those ribs were banged up. But my goodness, not only did he play well, but they put a ton of pressure on Jalen Hurts and Philly all night long, and uh, Philly just didn't have an answer. And by the way, it looks like, uh, Jay, uh, Kelsey is going to call it quits after all those great years there as a center there for that Philadelphia Eagles line. But your take on this one, Lions minus 6.5, 48.5 against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. I don't think we're going to have the favorites winning all weekend. I think you're going to have something strange happen. And this could be the game, right? I mean, who's really given Tampa uh, Chris Wynn's going to love you for that one. Oh, I'll see him on Thursday. <laughs> I'm, sure he'll, I'm sure he'll give me some for that. So one of these, one of these dogs, something crazy has to happen. This is the game where uh, – I'll put it out there. I'll say Tampa wins outright on this one. There you go. Sorry, Chris. There you go. See when you love them, right? All right. And then a game that we all want to see year in, year out. Doesn't matter if it's regular season or postseason. This one, a little bit different because Patrick Mahomes, his first road game as far as playoff competition, he'll be in Buffalo. Bills minus two and a half and minus 120, so you have to lay 120 to win 100 if you want to lay the 2.5 with Buffalo. If you take KC plus the 2.5, you'll get plus 110 back on your 100, so you don't have to lay any juice. I anticipate this line will go to 3. That's just my feeling. I think it goes to 3, and I like Buffalo. I think this is the chance, but every time <laughs> you get excited about the Bills, somehow, someway, and I've got a bunch of buddies, my buddy Noah Parker. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch. Of, in fact, one of the partners from PSBR Law, Raul Ravaputi, a big Buffalo Bills fans, uh, fan, and there's so many of them that I know that they're like, just when you think, don't, because it's Buffalo. So any chance the Bills uh, move on in this one, or do you think the Chiefs and Mahomes find a way to win it in big Buffalo? Um, KC knows the elements well. Going to Buffalo is not going to matter as far as weather in this one goes. I'm not going against Mahomes. I know I'm probably on island when I say that. I'm just not going against Mahomes. And you want to give me points with Mahomes? I feel a lot better about that. And the last thing I've been talking about, the public. Public likes Buffalo right now. Public likes Buffalo. So 
Let's go with uh, Sunday. Let, let's. How about a money line parlay with the two with the two dogs? On there you Sunday? go. How Chris Gallick going to make you some money on the Bucks and Chiefs <laughs> money line parlay. I like it. And he says, you know what? He feels comfortable. Potentially the Ravens Niners teaser gets it done on Saturday. Great go. perspective from a Bears fan that's sitting home again postseason wise. But hey, Raider it. fans, we're doing it as well, right? It happens once every so often. But I really think the uh, the ceiling is high. Uh, the bar is going to be high as far as for both those teams going to be able to move that ceiling up as far as next year. And I'm anticipating Chicago having a good, solid draft. I just uh, I, I know sometimes Bears fans are like Raider fans, just like they're going to screw it up somehow. And we're hoping Raiders don't. We're hoping owner Mark Davis does hire Antonio Pierce and uh, Champ Kelly as far as general manager. So we'll see how that transitions. And I know a lot of Bears fans are looking forward potentially maybe not to have Justin Fields as their quarterback. I think it's kind of split down the middle with people that I've talked about from the Windy City. All right, let's get back to the NHL. Let's go back to uh, the Western Conference. Talk a little more about some of the teams in the Central because the Colorado Avalanche, they did shut out the Golden Knights. Again, a shorthanded Golden Knights team. But we know that this team is always solid and they're always dangerous and they know how to win. There's no question. And then there's the Dallas Stars and the Winnipeg Jets. These are three teams that are all dangerous. Winnipeg, the one team that really hasn't done much in postseason of late. Again, they got that first game against the Knights, and then the Knights took four straight from them last year. But uh, let me touch on that Colorado Avalanche team. How good is this team, and are they one of the two teams maybe to beat in the Western Conference? It's a fair perspective. I think Winnipeg might actually have the jump on Colorado, but Colorado has so much talent. They have so much scoring. You got Kale McCarr back there on defense, who might go down as one of the top three defensemen of all time by the time his career goes. McKinnon's still going to do it. He does. Um, I believe Nishushkin just stepped away from the team for a little while right now. Um, so hopefully he can get his personal matters in order and obviously get back onto the ice when the time is right. But the Avs are going to be there, obviously, the Stanley Cup champion right before the Golden Knights. And. We'll see. I mean, there's just the central is looking pretty tight up top there, kind of like what the Pacific is right now. Yeah, that McKinnon, man, that guy can flat out play Rantanen, another good one. I mean, they are a fun team to watch, and they have great fan support like the Golden Knights. Those fans get into it big time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, you have uh, you have the elevation there in Colorado, so it's a tough place to play. You uh, compound that, if you will, with uh, the crowd support and how good the team is. I don't think anyone likes going to play uh, – a playoff series in Colorado, and the Golden Knights credit them. They pulled off a minor upset against Colorado just a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Shifley, another one of those guys that uh, leads that Jets team. That is a, an explosive team as well and well-balanced. The Jets had, I don't know what their last couple of games have been like, but they had a stat where it was like 20 or 30 games where they allowed three or less goals. That's it. That's I don't care about anything else on that team. You tell me that number right there. That's not a playoff con- contending team. That's not a division contending team. That's a Stanley Cup contender right there. Those are Stanley Cup numbers. The like Edmonton Oilers, they win games 7-4. to four. I think actually, actually Colorado did that tonight. But you have a team like Edmonton who wins games 6-5, to 6-4 to four in the regular season. But when it comes time to the playoffs and defense and goaltending matters, as the Golden Knights showed them just last year, things change. Well, the Winnipeg Jets, they have that defense and they have that goaltending. So... I think the Jets are the biggest threat in the Western Conference right now, personally. 
Yeah, Hellebuck, a heck of a goaltender. And we talked about Brassois. That's where he's at, 7-3-1 and one as well. But Hellebuck, 21-7-3. and three. Very, very impressive. And you talked about that three-goal plateau. Right now, 3-2, to two, Winnipeg leads the Islanders. A minute 22 to go in the third period. And that's the thing. If you can hold that opposing team to three or less, you're giving yourself a chance to win night in, night out. That's what, going back to Vegas right now, that is the first goal for the Golden Knights. It's three goals or less. Hopefully they can win a bunch of three or two games right now in the absence of Eichel and Carlson and Theodore and Aiden Hill, and the list goes on and on, but we only have about 20 minutes left in the show. There you go, right? (laughs) And uh, do we have anybody, Chris, that you know that's going to be coming back soon? Or are all these guys, I mean, again, when we see the way that they – do the uh, injury reports now, lower body. You know, they, they're not specific with a lot of this stuff, so it's a lot harder to get specifics unless you have inside information as far as when a guy potentially could be coming back. Aiden Hill was medically cleared before the Avalanche game last week. Aiden Hill was supposed to start. He did the pregame skate. All the reports surfaced that Aiden Hill's the first goalie off the ice. He's in line to play. And then I believe it was about 6.25 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game. All of a sudden, Isaiah Seville called up. Aiden Hill is not available. Uh, Mike Amadio is sick. They had to actually go 11 forward, 7 defensemen that game. And Yuri Patera had to start. And Yuri Patera gave the team a chance to win. He only gave three goals that like we just talked about a second ago. Unfortunately, the Golden Knights didn't score any goals, so it really didn't matter what he did. But then Yuri Patera was injured after that game, and he hasn't dressed for a game since then. So it just goes back to all these, uh, all these goaltending woes. There you go. All right, we've got one more segment. Let me update some scores, though, on the college hardwood. Kansas State did beat Baylor, so they get the cover. 68-64, your final. 77-57, Seton Hall leads St. John's. Just 345 left in Jersey. The Hall looking like they'll get a win there. This could be a major upset here in Fort Collins, Mountain West style. 407 to go, second half. Air Force 58, Colorado State 54. Penn State 72, Wisconsin 71. Four minutes to go, Happy Valley. South Carolina up five, 11 minutes to go on Georgia, 50 to 45. Arkansas leads Texas A&M at home, 13 minutes to go, 50 to 46. Kansas blowing out Oklahoma State in Stillwater, eight minutes to go, 73-53. Jayhawks, Clemson up two only on Georgia Tech, laying 11 and a half, 540 to go. Little John up 59-57. BYU's opened it up now on Iowa State, 64-48, 9.55 to go, Provo second half. At the half, San Jose State 40-39 to leads at Fresno State. And 3.30 to go in Boise, UNLV, off to a good start. Kevin Kruger's got the guys refocused, 30-25, to running Rebs, up by 5, 3.30 to go in that first half. Again, Utah State and New Mexico, they're about to tip it off in Albuquerque. New Mexico minus 6.5, 156 is your total there. Winnipeg gets an empty netter. They lead the Islanders now 4-2, to 52 seconds to go in the third period. Dallas has finished off the LA Kings 5-1 to the final there. San Jose's tied things up with the Blackhawks third period. 1-1, 12 minutes to go. Arizona draws first blood in Calgary. one nothing. They lead the Flames a minute 15 to go in the second period. And Toronto, that 2-1 lead over Edmonton was 2 nothing, but 2-1 now. 25 seconds left in the second period. That'll look at the scores. Come back. We wrap things up. Chris Golick is our guest. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. Again, you miss any part of the show, you can use the Rewind feature on the free app, Odyssey, or 
You can follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, and I'll have the archives up about 45 minutes after the broadcast pinned right there at those two handles on X, formerly known as Twitter. PSBR Law Studios is where we're at. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke takes us to break. We're back live from Vegas to finish up SportsX Radio. Keep it right here. Rescue me, I'm telling you. You're a Golden Knights fan. You need a little Fontella bass to uh, rescue you right now in between the pipes. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Fat Tuesday KT final segment, SportsX Radio, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Again, you miss any part of the show, use that rewind feature on the Odyssey app, worldwide free app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson on X, and you'll be able to listen as the archives will be pinned up in about 45 minutes. All right, Chris, uh, on the Eastern Conference real quick, just want to get your take. We'll just uh, go through it real quick. But Boston off to another good, solid start. But, you know, as a Rangers fan for a long time, my dad would be like, I don't give a crap about that President's Trophy. I don't care if I finish with the most points in the regular season. Boston experienced that last year, finished with the most points regular season and bowed out to Florida's Panthers in the first round. So uh, what about this Boston team? They're back. They're trying to uh, get back into the playoffs and try and take care of business. But Eastern Conference, very, very competitive. And that team that the Golden Knights faced in the finals last year, those Florida Panthers, they're playing pretty good hockey right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the Bruins and the Panthers are both playing really well. Uh, great game with the Golden Knights and the Bruins just last week. Nice goaltending ba- battle between uh, Swayman and Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson got the better better side of it. I mean, it's amazing watching the Bruins minus Bergeron, minus Krejci, Krejci pardon me, and doing what they're doing. Um, talk about a team kind of like the Edmonton Oilers who have a lot of motivation after what both teams respectively feel was an early playoff exit. So watch out for the Bruins and the Panthers again, obviously. Of course, I got a bunch of buddies, including my good pal Cam Gore. I told you about big Maple Leafs fans. They don't even get excited. They don't even get excited when the playoffs come around. They just kind of look and say, all right, well, we dodged the Bruins. But last time they dodged the Bruins in the postseason, who's been their Achilles heel, they run into the Montreal Canadiens, which is even worse for a Leafs fan to lose to Montreal <laughs> and Le Habitant, right? I mean, uh, it's crazy. Uh, what about those Leafs? Any chance that those guys can do some damage this year? They always seem to be in the mix. I mean, prove it to me, I think, is my answer to that. Austin Matthews playing on a different level. You got Mitch Marner. You got John Tavares. You got Neil. You got so many players who definitely are great, great top-end talent, but they have so much money tied up to just four players. I think four players on that roster count for $43, $44, 45000000 million of, of salary cap. So it's a very strange roster composition as far as getting those really important depth pieces that you need to make that run for a Stanley Cup. So... I'm not I'm not a believer, but I wouldn't be surprised either if that makes sense. All right, so let me go rapid fire real quick as we wrap up the show. You already picked on C-Wins, Detroit Lions. What about his Red Wings? Patrick Kane's out right now for a little while, unfortunately. Not sure how long that's going to last. Um, we'll see if Patrick Kane's even a Red Wing at the end of the season. You know, It might just be a placeholder for him to 
get in shape, so to speak, and then he might get traded and flipped right away to a playoff team. And, hey, the Golden Knights could maybe use him. So I'm not going to pick on the Red Wings. They're in a good rebuild. You have the the Stevie Iser plan happening out there, like the Kelly McCrim and McCrimmo plan here in Vegas, but you got the Iser plan out there. And give it some time. They'll be there, but not yet. All right, producer Mark Hoke, a big Flyers fan, and uh, here's a team right now finds themselves only two points behind the Rangers. Rangers have two games in hand, but Philly playing some pretty good hockey. They've won their last four, 54 points. What about Philly? I like the new sensitive version of John Tortorella, who's patient and supportive of his rookies and stuff. This is a new version of Tortorella. How so, long is that going to last? <laughs> uh, it's lasted. The over's already hit. Wow. The over's already hit. So they're they're doing well. Love to see it. And uh, hopefully they, they keep on going. All right. A team that was picked to do well. Actually, two teams that struggled out of the gate. Carolina and the New Jersey Devils both finding their stride now. What do you expect from those two teams? Um, New Jersey was really hot early on and suffered a ton of injuries. And I'm not going to go against Rod Brindamore. He might be one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League, the type of coach that can make your players want to run through a wall for you. And that's my daughter's uh, second favorite team. So got to give a lot of love to the Hurricanes. Seven teams in the Metropolitan separated by 10 points. Unreal. We know there's going to be a lot of juggling around over the next uh, 35-plus games and should be very, very interesting. Chris, real quick, again, let everybody know how they can find you, how they can follow you. And again, you've got writing going on, and you've got a great podcast as well, a couple of them. So kind of clue everybody in again here at SportsX Radio. Yeah, so daily uh, we host the Locked On Vegas Golden Lights podcast, uh, YouTube or anywhere you can catch your podcasts. And then uh, Vegas Hockey Now is where I write. I'm the lead uh, beat writer for the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh pre-post game and just kind of fire off some articles when big things are happening, like uh, Jack Eichel having surgery and out week to week. There you go. So the rest <laughs> of the writings come out after the games or, or before? Always the game a or pre-game, just... always a post-game, before okay. and after, and then a few other articles throughout the week um, whenever something's happening, which is a lot lately. And the podcast? Podcast Daily comes out about uh, 7.30 every morning, Monday through Saturday. Wow, you got an early uh, early start then, huh? That's I got two kids. I'm... A lot of coffee. It, it's perfect. It's fine. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, the old military hours there for Chris Golick. And uh, again, SportsX Radio, fortunate to have Chris make it into studio. Sometimes we'll get him on the PSBR Law Hotline. Just depends, but we'll look forward to having him back in studio as well. Let me update just a couple things as we close out SportsX Radio on this Fat Tuesday. Tomorrow night, back at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Join me down there. First two up at the table. Get a free appetizer of their choice, as I can uh, spit that out there. Kings 101-84, Sacramento leading at Phoenix. Fourth quarter just underway. And Clippers up three on the Thunder. Under 6.20 to go in the half, 48-45. Again, the Sixers beat the Nuggets. Only other game on the hardwood, 126-121, a win, a cover. And the game gets up and over the total. And uh, keeping an eye on those go- on the uh, UNLV running Rebs, five seconds to go first half in Boise. They're still up, but only by 2, 36-34 on the Broncos. See if they can break that seven-game losing streak against Leon Rice and Boise State. San Jose State, Fresno State, a one-point lead for the Spartans. They're going to start the second half, and the New Mexico up three out of the gate first five minutes in Albuquerque at the pit on Utah State. That'll do it for SportsX Radio. Again, tomorrow, Steiner's Pub, and then back here at PSBR Law Studios for Thursday and Friday. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn, and of course, we stream live on that Odyssey app. Archives up in about 45 minutes or use the Odyssey Rewind for myself, for Chris Gallick, or Mark Hoke, my producer. God bless folks. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.